Well, good morning. Good morning. Oh, you guys are good. Very good. My name is Tim Hardy. I'm the global ministries pastor here at Cornerstone. Um, and basically, that's all the mission stuff that we do. And it's uh, my joy to be involved in that. I got a question, a couple of questions for you. How many of you have ever felt lonely? Wow. So people next to you make note of that. Um, <laughs> how many of you ever felt unloved? Wow. You know, the last services were so, like, mellow with that. They're like, hey, I feel good. Um, how many of you have ever felt forgotten? <laughs> this is a depressing crowd. Um, <laughs> those three questions or the, and those three responses are the cries that our missionaries feel each and every day as they're serving somewhere around this world. And we, ha as a church, have an opportunity to kind of bring them in to love them, to encourage them, to pray for them, to remember them. Because so often when they're here, we're excited for them. We want to know what's going on. But as soon as they hop on that plane to go wherever they're going, we say goodbye and we forget. You do it, I do it, we all do it. And this Christmas season, we want to do something um, that we've never done before. We want to uh, provide Christmas gifts for our missionaries around the world. An opportunity for you to do that. Inside your bulletin, there's a green flyer says our missionaries christmas wish list um, i would invite you to take a hold of this and read through that and also in the lobby there's a table out there and it ha lists our some of the missionaries that we have on on the wall and then specific things that they would like for christmas this isn't as hey i think you need this these are we've asked them and said what would you like and they've given us specific things that they would like to have so i would encourage you to participate in that um, if you're not able to give financially for that or not able to help pack with that, if you could write an encouragement note there, we, we want to give them as many Christmas cards as possible. Just inundate them with love and, and prayers and encouragements from Cornerstone Community Church. That'd be an awesome thing. So take hold of that opportunity. Second announcement of 19 um, is how many of you, no one got that, that's good. Um, how many of you have gone to Mexico this past year with Cornerstone? Raise them high. Last night it was five, this morning it was six, and maybe about eight. Good. Wow, that's amazing because we've had somewhere between five or six hundred people go down to Mexico um, to serve in some capacity in building projects and ministry projects and orphanages, um, caring for little kids with AIDS. Whatever it may be, we have so many different opportunities. And every person I talk to who's gone down to Mexico says the same thing, God rocked my world. And it was easy. And it was simple to go to that scary place called Mexico, to drive across that border that's the worst border in the world. It's easy, and it's simple, and the impact upon you and your family can be huge. Um, Thanksgiving's coming up just uh, four, week, four or five weeks away, and we're going down as a church to send a team down to Tecate, Mexico, to do a number of different things, to do some building. We're going to do some church ministry. I would encourage you, if you have no talent at all, in building? Raise your hand if you have no talent at all in building. Then this trip is for you, okay? We're not asking you to, to build some skyscraper. We're asking you if you can hold a hammer. If you can hold a hammer, raise your hand. Hold one. Some of you can't? Amazing. If you can hold a hammer and if you can listen to someone say, hit that nail there, then you're good. That's all you need to know. And if you can do something like that or if you can, you know, hold the hammer, hold the nail for someone as they hit it, um, then even better. But we want to encourage you to think about doing a vacation with a purpose. Uh, take your family down to Mexico. You will be 
drastically changed, your, your family would be drastically changed as they see what you can do as a family. So there's information. Um, if you call the church office, we can get you on that list to get down there to Takati, Mexico. So that's the second announcement. Third announcement is this. Um, I just came back from Uganda. I took it. Yeah, woo, Uganda. Um, and you, they love the Lord there, you know? Right, Julie? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, remember the little kids that sang here? We got to hang out with them for two weeks. It was pretty cool. Um, well, we went to Uganda, took a team there. We had a medical team. We had a, a men's ministry team, a women's ministry team, a children's ministry team. Um, this was a time for our medical team just to, to meet some of the physical needs that they have. And then we had these spiritual teams, uh, teaching teams that went there just to invest in their church and in their, in their community. It was an awesome, awesome time to see cornerstone people used in this way. It was, a, it was an amazing thing. We had a chance to go over to Bethany Village, which is across Lake Victoria, and, and it's this village that's been started, and we sponsor upwards of 500 kids there. It is amazing what Cornerstone has done there. And um, as soon as we got off the board, it's like, Cornerstone's here, Cornerstone's here, because they realize the partnership that we have with them. And being there a year ago and being there now and seeing the dr dramatic changes that have taken place, it's awesome. Your work, your prayer, your, your resources going such a far away there. It's an amazing thing. We're going to spend some time praying for Uganda this morning. We've got some slides coming up on the board, I think. There we go. These are some specific things that we want to pray for. We want to praise the Lord first and foremost for the work that he's done in Uganda. Secondly, we want to pray for Pastor Peter and the leaders of the ministries there. Pastor Peter is the front runner for everything that's going on over there. And God has given him incredible vision, incredible passion. We want to just uh, bathe him in prayer and bathe his ministry leaders in prayer that they would remain faithful to what God has called them to, that they would be men and women of integrity and that they pursue personal holiness. And then we want to thank the Lord for our partnership with the church in Uganda. Um, it's an amazing thing. So what we're going to do right now is just gather uh, with the people around you. We're going to spend just a couple moments praying for these three things. So um, why don't you just gather, turn to your neighbor right now, and um, someone lead out in prayer. Lord God, in humility we come. And Lord, it's such an honor, Lord, and privilege to be able to speak to the creator 
and sustainer of life. And Lord, knowing that you care deeply about what's taking place in Uganda as you do the rest of this world, Lord. And, and Lord, we thank you. We thank you so much for what you have done in um, the, the nation of Uganda, Lord, and what you've done with Pastor Peter and the Gaba Community Church, Lord, and African Renewal Ministries, and, and the way you're impacting that region, Lord. And Lord, we know that you've given Peter a vision to reach Africa, Lord, and um, Lord, we pray that you would increase that vision, Lord. Lord, we pray, as that song said, you would be his path, you would be his guide, Lord. Lord, we pray that his life and his ministry would completely focused around you and your glory, Lord. Nothing for uh, the, the sake of Gaba or the sake of himself or his family or his church, Lord, but I pray that everything be focused upon you. Lord, thank you so much for the partnership that we can have here, Lord, the, the resources that you have given to us, Lord that, Lord, that we can just give back in such a tangible way. Lord, thank you for the lives, the young lives that have been changed because of the sponsorships that have taken place. And Lord, those who are, their health is getting better, those who are getting educated, those who are coming to know you in a real way, Lord, because of what's taken place in the hearts and lives of men and women here. Lord, thank you so, so much for what you're doing and what you will do. We give you all the glory. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Um, there, were, there was three of us from the Ugandan team that um, um, left Uganda a little bit early and uh, headed over to the Middle East. And, and luckily, we left just in time because one of our team members got malaria right when we left. Um, but it's okay because it wasn't me. And... Um, <laughs> Um, but we had an opportunity to go to the country of Syria, um, which borders Iraq and um, Lebanon um, and a bunch of other countries. Um, we flew over them. I just don't remember what they were. Um, but it was an opportunity to, to visit some of the partnerships that we have there in Syria and to, to encourage them, to love them, to pray for them. And it's not anything like Uganda. In Uganda, the church is very open. The church is very uh, evangelistic and outreach oriented in in Syria places like that you can't do that um, everything is done in relationships you can't have formal gatherings you can't have outreach events you can't have crusades or anything like that well you can you just won't that's the last time you'll ever do it um, and and it's somewhat staggering when I shared this figure last night um, for the Christian workers in in the country of Syria that the ratio is one Christian worker to a million people um, and the same reaction, they've had every service like, wow, I didn't know that. And that's some of the, the things that they're dealing with. Those are some of the, the, the blocks that they have, the obstacles that they have. Um, sharing Christ is not an easy thing to do. And on average, it takes a Muslim uh, person about seven years to accept Christ. And that's after continually hearing that message. Seven years. And we've got men and women over their families that are serving, that are embedded into that country, loving the, the Syrian people, seeking God's glory to fall fresh on them. Um, we've got some more prayer points that we'd like to share with you. We want to pray uh, for the strengthening of the, the workers there, the, the Christian workers there. We want to pray uh, for more laborers in the region. There are far too few people serving in the Middle East there. We want to um, pray that the eyes of the Syrian people would be open to the truth of Christ and that we also want to pray that the bondage of Islam would be broken in Syria. Um, the top picture is uh, some people, some women, heading over to the Omiyad Mosque um, in preparation for uh, what they would call a worship gathering in one of the mosques. On, this is on Ramadan. It's on their holy day. Um, and these women are going to worship something they have no personal relationship with. It's an empty um, 
Some people equate Islam with the Titanic. It looks wonderful, and people are riding the ship, but one day that ship's going to hit that iceberg and going to sink. And so many of these people are, are, uh, are stuck on that ship. The bottom picture is what they call the God's team. And this was such a, a fun thing for us to do, participate in. Every Friday, um, the Christian workers would get together for an underground church service. And they would worship together and pray and have fellowship together in time of encouragement. We had a time, time to worship with them, encouraging them from the word. And we asked them, hey, can we take your picture? They said, no, you can't take our picture, but take a picture of our feet. And um, take that back to Cornerstone, and, and hopefully that will be a blessing because um, obviously we can't show their faces for security reasons and um, because they're not really supposed to be there. Um, but blessed are those who bring the gospel, um, the feet of good news. Praise God for that. So let's spend some time praying for them. Um, and realize that we're praying to um, the God of the universe that created the Syrian people in his image, and God desperately desires um, them to know him in a real way. So let's pray. Father God, we thank you, Lord, for what you are doing in the nation of Syria, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for the workers that are there. Lord, we pray for your, your strengthening upon them, Lord, that you would make clear their path, Lord, their vision, Lord, for that nation. Lord, thank you that you have given them a deep desire to reach those people, Lord, and to plant churches there. And Lord, we pray your strengthening in that. Lord, we pray that you would um, break down um, the bondage, Lord, of Islam, Lord, and those who are... Who are strapped, Lord, uh, to, a, to a ship that's going down. Lord, we thank you that, that there's nothing that can stand um, against the truth of your word. Lord, we thank you that nothing can stand against the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that you came to seek and save the lost, Lord, and these people are so lost. And Lord, despite of uh, political differences, Lord, you, you love them. And, Lord, your son died for each and every one of them. And, Lord, I pray your strengthening upon the workers there, Lord. Um, Lord, give them increased faith, Lord, for what you're going to do. For one day we know that the floodgates are going to open, Lord, and your, your, your mercies are going to pour forth on that nation, Lord. We, we thank you in advance for that. Lord, thank you for the opportunity for us to partner in that with them. And, Lord, we know that one day every nation, tongue, and tribe will bow down at your feet and worship you as a living God. And, Lord, thank you that we can do that here um, on this very day, Lord. And, Lord, may we, may we ache and may we hurt for those 
who haven't had that opportunity yet. Lord, may um, we really understand what we need to do to finish the task. And Lord, thank you for giving us this opportunity, Lord, to be a part of it. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Um, one last thing, if you would like to pray more intelligently uh, for what's going on in Syria, we have these prayer books called Shout for Joy Syria. It's 30 days of prayer. This will give you a daily prayer guide of specific things to pray so we can pray intelligently um, and with a good awareness of what's taking place. Thank you. Thank you. No, it's, it's, it's pretty... Uh, last night when I first heard that stat about one for every million people, one Christian worker for every million unbelievers, uh, it just floored me. I mean, that's just reality. That's just what people live in. And, and, and you know, sometimes I get overwhelmed thinking, gosh, there's 120,000 people in Simi Valley and there's only a few thousand of us. You know, it's like, wow, what a joke. I mean, seriously, we could knock that out this week. If each of us talked to like 15 people, we'd have the whole city. I mean, doesn't that seem ridiculous? And then, you, you know, and, and during first service, I dwelt on it again. I thought, what would I do if, if God said, you know, hey, Francis, here's a million people, and you're my only servant there. So go for it. I mean, just, there's a side of me that would be uh, terrified, but the other side were, gosh, that'd be wonderful in the sense of, you'd really have to be dependent on God. You know, here it's like, well, if I mess up, then, you know, there's plenty of other churches, there's this, that, you know, whatever else. But you go there and you go, gosh, that's a, that's a huge responsibility, and I hope you really do pray for those guys. Pray for those men and women over there that are, are, are really doing the work. And uh, as we talk about that, um, and talk about difficult living conditions. We have a group moving to Ohio with Tony. And uh, so we're going to bring them up now. Um, Tony leaves at 5 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah. And uh, these are some of the people that are going with him. There's already eight other people from Cornerstone that have already moved out there and are settled in and looking at property for the church and everything else. And um, a lot of you guys know Tony already, Tony and Shauna. Tony's been our worship pastor for the last three years and his boys, Alden and him. And then, uh, no, it's, uh, it's Leif, Leif. Good, huh? Corey and Megan and, uh, and Brent Risky. Who, uh, you guys know um, his parents? <laughs> I'm just going blind. Too many donuts. Uh, Brian and Wendy. Gosh, Brian and Wendy, who are both on staff. You know, Brian, who, who leads our, our men's ministries, and, uh, and Wendy, who does our children's. Corey and Megan. Um, a lot of you guys know Megan. She used to be in the front desk. A little smiley Megan. Um, that that's, uh, helped us out and ministered in so many ways. And Corey, who's done a ton of stuff just behind the scenes of the church. And uh, it's just been a total servant. And they're going out with Tony, and there's already a crew of people there that, uh, again, just, just people that are saying, you know what, we believe in this mission. We're just going to go for it. We're going to try to reach Ohio. And, uh, and they leave tomorrow morning. And so I, I just thought it'd be good for you guys to see them, for us as a church body, to really send them off. I mean, it's an exciting thing to think a month from now, December 5th, uh, will be the first service of Cornerstone Community Church in Ohio. And uh, yeah, isn't that cool?
And there's, there's absolutely no reason why God can't multiply what we're doing here and do something even greater there. And that's what we we're going to be praying for this morning. But I just thought it'd be good, because uh, Tony's been your worship pastor for the last three years. Just, you know, I just thought it'd be good to give him a shot to just say any, any words to you guys before he leaves. So. Well, first, thank you. Thank you so much. This has been uh, the most amazing, amazing three years of my life, and, and I'm so thankful. Um, and was just sharing with Francis last night, just coming into the services this weekend and being able to stand in the back and, and uh, just my heart filled with gratitude. And last night, I, I told him I just didn't know whether just to jump up and down or, or to, to weep. And uh, just listening to the congregation worship and, and, and hearing the same thing in the back as I hear up front and and it just didn't matter because your focus has always been and, and is always on God. It's not on who's leading. And, man, that, that's, that just is, it gives me a heart of, of gratefulness. <laughs> gives me a... <laughs> anyway. <laughs> but I'm just so, so thankful and... and uh, if I asked you to pray for one thing, it would be um, that God would give us a congregation like that, like you, just people that are coming and seeking God and, and willing to surrender, willing to sacrifice, willing to give their lives and, and to focus their life and to spend their life on Christ and, and nothing else. And so uh, that's our prayer. That's our heart. And we want to disciple people into, uh, into those kind of followers of Christ. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Cool. Does anyone say anything? No? Nope. <laughs> okay. Um, well, let's, you, you guys, as we pray for them, I mean, seriously, think about God in heaven, you know, who is in control of everything on this earth. And seriously, don't just close your eyes and, you know, sit through with a prayer. Really speak to him and say, God, you know, we, we want to see you blow our minds by what you're going to do in, in Ohio. And really pray that to him along with me. So would you guys join me in a word of prayer? Father, I thank you so much for Tony and just his leadership here in this church and what you've taught us through him. I thank you for his integrity, his love for your word, his love for his family. I thank you for Corey and Megan, just the way they've served here, and Brent, and God, for all the others that are out there. And God, what a gift they were to this church. And God, we're just so excited for them. Um, God, I thank you so much for sending them out to do something what, that we pray will be even greater than what's going on here. God, I just pray that in the next few weeks they would totally see your hand, that you would put together all of the details and with the building, with everything else, God, to, to prepare them for December. And I pray that right now you start working on people's hearts, the people that they're going to be moving in next to, the neighborhoods that all of these guys are going to be in, God, that they would just quickly make relationships and just show them how wonderful it is to know you. And God, I pray for Cornerstone, Ohio, God, that it would just flourish and that it would just bring so much glory to your name in a positive way. God, we love you, and uh, we as a body just send this part of our body out and ask you to bless them and ask you to do great work through them, that they bear much fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, guys. You know, as I, I think about Tony going, I, I was thinking about that this week, how, just how good he had it here. 
You know, like, uh, no, in, in, in a real way, like how comfortable it, it has become for he and his family. Um, because you're in a place where everyone loves you. You know, no one wants you to go. He's been an incredible worship pastor. And, and it's like, gosh, you know, we don't want him to leave. And, and he's set. He's secure. He's got his friends. He's got everything here. And be the easiest thing in his life to do is just to stay here. Because he's set. He's set for life as long as he doesn't mess something up. You know, he's, he's set. And, and yet it's like, no, you know, my, my life is a mission. I go where God's called me. And, and you know how last week we were talking about how we need to be managers? Remember that? And how we manage God's things, and, and they're not ours. We're not owners. We're only managers. And have you guys been trying to apply that this week? Have you tried to look at your things, your stuff, and everything you have and go, okay, how can I manage? Okay, God, this is your house. What would you do with it? And, and just on and on with everything. Saying, okay, God, what would you do with this house? What would you do with this? Well, it goes beyond that, though. It goes beyond just managing our stuff because the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 6, 19, it says that, uh, that, that we are, uh, <laughs> that our bodies, our bodies are not our own. Saying your body is not your own. You are not your own. You were purchased with a price. Therefore, honor God with your body. So, so it's not just your stuff, your things, but this very body that you live in, it doesn't belong to you. And, and so I have to think, okay, God, as, as, as a manager of this body, where do you want this body put? Do you want it here in Simi Valley? Is this, is this where this body will make the greatest you know, impact for the kingdom? To train people, to send them different places? Or would this body do better in, in, in Uganda? Would this body do better in Ohio? Where am I going to put this body that you've given me, this brain that you've given me, this voice that you've given me? What, what, I need to manage it because even this body doesn't belong to me. It was given to me by God to manage and to use and to somehow make something of it. And, and that's why, you know, when you see these people going to Syria, going to Uganda, going to Ohio, it's... It's because they're saying, you know what, I, I'm a servant of God. Even my body is not my own. It's not just understanding that my car is, it doesn't belong to me, and my bank account doesn't belong to me, but my, my whole life, I'm just here to manage it for the Lord. And what I do with it is going to determine how I exist for all of eternity. And it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing thought. And, um, you know, as we've been talking about this whole idea of being more of a giver, in a world of takers, um, I, I had put a message together for this weekend, and I was very, very excited about it. You know, it's just weeks where you just start putting things together, and it's like, oh, that's good, that's good, that's good. And then, uh, and then my dog ate it. No, I'm kidding. No, I, uh, no, I looked at the lesson, and, and I, I tossed it, because, okay, here, here's why. Lately, I've been feeling like a salesman up here, okay? I feel like I'm trying to talk everyone into doing something. And, 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 and every once in a while, I just reevaluate my job, my position, what's it supposed to be. And, and I feel like I get up here and try to sell you on certain things, like, hey, no, really, it's good to be a giver. I mean, we all hate people that just want to take, and this or that. And besides the Bible here, and this verse, this verse, this verse, and just go on down the line why it's better to be a giver than a taker. And, and, and I, I just thought about that, go, is that really my job? Is my job to try to talk you into anything, or is my job just to say, hey, you guys, this is what God says, and that's it. And I was trying to think, and I, and I really was, was struggling with that question. You know, what is the job of a pastor? 
Is he supposed to get up here and convince and persuade and talk you into doing certain things? Or is it my job just to communicate, hey, this is what God says, and then walk off the platform? And honestly, when I look through Scripture, I really do think there's a little bit of both. Uh, you know, because when I read how the apostles spoke, a lot of times they would give arguments and they would explain why it's best to obey God and this or that. But a lot of times they would just kind of lay it out and say, here it is, this is what God tells you to do, go do it, and, and let's, let's move on. And um, I think I had it figured out. Okay, last night, right before service, about an hour before service, I'm like, why is this bugging me all of a sudden? I'm bugged by this whole concept of preaching suddenly this week. Like, this is what I've been doing for the last 10 years, and now it's bugging me? You know, what, what is it? And I figured it out an hour before service. This is what it comes down to. I am a middleman. That's what I am. I'm the middleman, and no one likes the middleman. Okay? <laughs> right? You know, when you do business, it's like, you know what? Get him out of the way. Let me talk to the guy that's in charge, right? You know? And, and I realize, okay, and I understand that's part of the position, but that's what's been frustrating me is I am the middleman. And, and because here's, here's the thing. What, what do I do during the week? During the week, I come before the Lord. I, I, I get words directly from him and go, okay, okay, I think this is what it means as best I can understand it. You know, I get on my knees and say, okay, God, what, what is it about this passage? What do you want me to communicate to all of these people for you? You know, what is this passage really saying? And I'm studying, I'm grappling with it, I'm dealing with it in my own life. And when I finally get it, I go, okay, okay. I think I got, I think this is what you want me to say to all those people. You know, so then I show up on the weekend and I get up here on the stage, you know, get up here and go, hey guys, this is what God wants us to do. You know, this, this, this. I mean, look, look, that's what it says in that passage. I mean, isn't it clear? Isn't that what God wants us to do? And then I give you the message and you guys kind of respond, you know, one way or another towards me. And then I go back to God and I go, okay, they, they said no. Um, they, you know, no, or I, you know, you know what I mean. It, it's like that. And I come back. I go, well, you know, some of them are going to do this, some are going to do that. And it's like, so now what do I do? And it's like, oh, okay, all right, you know. And I keep going back and forth, and 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 you know what? What I thought about that is, and I understand that's my position. I mean, isn't that what Moses did? You know, even going back to the Old Testament, he'd go up, get a word from the Lord, and get the, you know, the commands, and he'd come back and give them to the people. Then he'd go back like, oh, man, they're not, you know, whatever. It's just this back and forth, and that is the job. But you know how sometimes in life you just want to get rid of the middleman? You know, like in business or whatever. It's like, you know what? You're, you're confusing the message. Just let me talk to the guy on the phone. Let me just get to him. And I thought, you know, what if we just did service without a middleman? You know, <laughs> you know who that is. Um, but uh, what if, what if we did service? Seriously, I mean, what if God specifically called you, right? Everyone took out their cell phones and you heard God say something to you directly. It didn't come through me. It didn't come from me. It's just God himself says, hey, I want you to do this, this, and this. How would you respond to that? Fear? Absolutely. I mean, see, that's, it's so different. I, I feel like sometimes when I get up here, I'm talking, I'm talking, and then it's like, okay, yeah, Francis said this, Francis said that. No, I didn't. I didn't say this. Okay, I, I'm just, I'm conveying a message to you. I mean, these are God's words. That's why we open up the book every week and say, this is what the book says. 
I mean, and when I think about God speaking directly to me with no middleman, it, it, it's, it's like a, when, um, when they're at the, the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember when, when Peter, James, and John are standing there on top of this mountain with Jesus? And then suddenly Jesus' face starts glowing like the sun, which must have been terrifying. A guy's face starts glowing. You're right backing up. Then his whole body starts shining like the sun. And these two heavenly beings come down, you know, out of nowhere. And they start talking to him, and it's Moses and Elijah. And, 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 and he, he's talking with them. And then suddenly, you know, a cloud comes and surrounds them and actually lands and, and surrounds them. And not a normal cloud. This is a bright cloud. It was the, it was the glory cloud of God. And so you're standing on this mountain, you see these three beings, you know, looking at you, you know, glowing, and then suddenly this cloud surrounds you, and you realize you're in the presence of God. And then it says that a voice comes from the cloud, and the voice says, this is my son, whom I love, with him I am well pleased, listen to him. And you hear this voice coming out of the cloud, and it says that the disciples just dropped and fell on their faces, and they, they just shook in terror. It's like, we just heard the voice of God say something to us. God just told me to listen to his son. And so you can imagine at that moment, hearing the voice of God, what do you say? I mean, you wouldn't dare look back up at that cloud and go, no. <laughs> you don't. You just go, anything. At that point, you just realize my, hand, my, my life is in his hands. This being, I heard his voice, I'm seeing his son, and it's just an, this awesome experience of God and me. And he just said this, and at that point, it's like, whatever you ask me to do, I'm just going to do it. And there's something about, just there, there's no one in between. You just know, okay, that's the voice of God. He said that to me. I'm just going to go and do it. And I thought, okay, let's, let's do service today without the middleman, without me explaining the verses or whatever else. I'm just going to have a few verses uh, on the screens. And I want you to picture those, those words coming out of the mouth of God because that's, 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 re that's reality. It's just like these words came from that cloud and, he's, and God himself is saying it directly to you. And then what I'm going to have you do is after you read it and as you're reading and studying it, then you respond directly to God. Don't tell me what you think of the verses. Okay, you just tell God what you thought about the verses. Okay, so, so just look at, look at this first passage. Okay, this is God from the cloud says this to you. And now you pray to God, and you tell him what you think of that verse. Just talk to him and respond to him.
go to the next passage. Picture God saying this from the cloud right now. just respond to God to what he just said and go to the next one. the next verse. The next verse, this is the one that really hit me hard this week. Now this was the sin of your sister Sodom. She and her daughters were arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. They did not help the poor and needy. And it hit me for a couple of reasons, because I, I don't want to preach at you, but because when you think of Sodom, what do you think of, that, of their sin being? You don't think about it being neglecting the poor. 
And yet God says, this was the sin of your sister Sodom, that her daughters are what? Those three adjectives, arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. Arrogant, overfed, and unconcerned. And I just looked at myself and I just thought, gosh, you know what? What's our big struggle in this country? Not eating too much, you know? And how we're the, we're the biggest nation that ever lived, you know? And, and, and yet how often do we think about those who don't even get to eat? And just our pride and arrogance. And I thought, gosh, that just, I don't know, that verse just hit me. But uh, I just thought, man, I'm three for three. Arrogant, overfed, unconcerned. And um, just, just respond to, the God, to God directly, though, and just, just tell him what you think about that verse. and go to the next verse. This is what Paul wrote to the Corinthian church because the Corinthian church was a wealthy church and there were the other saints that were poor and he asked them to give so there'd be equality. He says, at the present time, your plenty will supply what they need so that in turn their plenty will supply what you need. Then there will be equality. And if you didn't recognize that top slide is, uh, was our Easter service two years ago at Moore Park. And then the bottom slide is just a, a bunch of orphans that uh, we took a picture of in Uganda. But just think about that. And then pray to the Lord and tell him what you think about it. Then let's go to the last one. Just, just read it and respond to the Lord.
Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for the direction. God, it's just good to know what you want. Whether we do it or not is a whole different issue, Lord, but it, it is good to know your desire. Thank you that you guide us in life. Thank you for the poor, God, that we have people to give to. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, you know, the, this whole idea, you know, this is what I do want to say today is, um, you know, we're doing this series on giving. The last thing I want is to try to just talk you into giving a little bit bigger percentage to the church or this or that. That's not what this is about. It's about a total surrender. The lifestyle of giving where, um, you know, traditionally we think of giving as something we squeeze into our budget, right? Like, let me see if I can fit something in for God and to try to squeeze it in rather than it being a lifestyle where we live to give, where we're not consumed with thinking about ourselves. And most of the time, in your mind, are you consumed with consuming? Or are you consumed with giving? You go through the day thinking, man, what can I give to others? Okay, you know, this, this is what fires me. What can I give? What can I give away? And just walk around. What can I give to this person? What can I give to that person? And to live as a giver. And the reason why this is so critical is, is because, you guys, our God is a giver. Right? I mean, that, that, when you think of God, isn't that just what you think about? I mean, God so loved the world that he what? He gave. He gave. He loved so much that he gave. Every good and perfect gift comes from God. Our, our salvation is a free gift from God. God looked into the world and he sees these helpless people who, who are going to have to pay for their sin. And what he does is he gives and he says, you know what, I, I want to give them salvation. I want to give them salvation, a free gift that no one can earn, that you never work your way to heaven. In fact, if anyone here thinks that they're good people and somehow you're going to work your way to heaven, I guarantee you you'll never get there. The Bible says this is a free gift, something that God wants to give you, Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and you can't work on it by yourself. I want to give you salvation. I, I'm not even going to hold back my son. I'll have my son come down on the earth, and I'll have him nailed to the cross. I'll watch. I, I'm going to give this to you. I'm going to give you the cross. As my son, you know, and Jesus is giving to you. He's saying, look, I'm giving you my life. I'm going through all this pain because I want to give to you. I'm going to pay for everything you've done wrong. And you believe in me, and, and then I give you eternal life. That's God. And, and so for us who have received this free gift, having, we haven't worked for or anything else, we respond saying, you know what? I, I want to live like that, God. I want to give. And we had several people even this weekend, again, who just said, you know what? That's, that's me. I want to give my life to the Lord. And they'd come up here and they'd get baptized. And, uh, you know, e even last service, a gal who came up and said, you know, I was baptized when I was younger. And, and she says, you know, but... I, I, didn't, I didn't understand what I was doing. I, I, didn't really, I didn't really commit my life to the Lord. You know, she goes, I've been smoking pot. I've been doing all sorts of things. And, it, you know, so much of it's a lie. And I'm just ready. I'm ready to give it all over. And the whole idea of going to the water is to die and to surrender, just like we were talking about. You surrender your whole body. Say, God, when I come out of this water, I'm, I'm dying to my old self. And now this body is yours. T take it wherever you want it to go. My, my wallet, my, my, my bank account, my house, my car, it's all yours. I, I'm just going to manage because now I'm your servant. That's, that's baptism. And, and some of you, maybe you've never come to the point where you've accepted Jesus' free gift. 
You know, a lot of times it's, we talk about giving your life to Jesus, but understand, it's about God giving to you and you accepting the free gift and you acknowledging God as a giver. And in response to that, then yeah, you just want to give your life to a God like that. And, and so as we worship, um, you know, we're just going to sing one last song and Jim's going to come up and just, just lead us in a song. And at that time, if there's any of you that, that you just say, you know, that's, that's me. I, I've never accepted the free gift of God. God's been wanting to give me eternal life, but in my own pride, I've been wanting to work for it on my own and to just accept it and become a servant of God. If you'd like to pray with anyone, if, if, you're, you know, if this is your first time and you go, you know, I just don't get this. I don't understand it all. And you just want to talk it through with someone. There'll be some of us up here um, by the prayer room uh, as, as we worship. But for the rest of us, you know, this is a time where we just give of ourselves to God again. To the Lord, okay, this body is yours. What do you want me to do with it? You want me to sing to you? You want me to use it to worship you right now? Let me manage this body and give you worship.